you've got yourself something funky. Everything in between, hun. Let's sort it all out. All right, all right. I hope y'all been good. I hope y'all been productive all week. Um, getting into my soapbox, which is you know anything that happened during the week that deserves mentioning. Um, first up, I gotta say big shout out to all my podcasters making a difference. Um, child. This week in the podcast world, it's been a little crazy, but um, I'm here for it. I just want to shout out those podcasters making a difference because it is felt and they is mad, baby, okay? And I am here for it. Just a little tip, though. Don't bring that shit over here. Um, Just know I fight in person, online, and I fight children, okay? Do not play with me. Now, um, moving right along, I love when I say shit on my episodes and it resonates with y'all and then y'all ask me like questions, follow-up questions, anything like that. Now, I really gotta do an episode where I am taking all y'all questions because y'all definitely have the questions, y'all wanna know a lot. Um, but from last week's episode, it was all about breakups with Victor from the Liquor Podcast And, um, the question was about me and my mans, you know, me and my husband. And if we ever did the breakup thing before we made it all the way to marriage and all I can say is of course, okay. I think I broke up with that nigga maybe once a year. Like what the fuck? All right. This, this Aries nigga made me want to leave him every damn day. Okay. But I love him though. All right. And even though we was fiery as a bitch in that mofo, just know me and him, we wasn't going nowhere. All right. And that is on period. Now, um, getting to today's episode, I just want y'all to know that being a widow is not easy. All right. You go through different levels of the shit. First of all, you grieving for yourself. Okay. You lost a whole man. Man's just up and disappeared out your life. All right. Um, whether it was a situation where he was sick or it was a situation of dire emergency. Either way, it don't feel good. No matter how much time you have, it, it was never enough. And shit be fucked up just from your side. Now, if you got kids, you got to figure out how to care for your child or your children on an everyday level without your husband. All right. That is different from the children grieving on their level. All right. Now, some of us got to get used to managing lives, paying bills, handling money. That wasn't really me because I was always a part of those things. But it took a lot of readjusting back to single life, you know, dealing with mechanics, getting my son's haircut. Should I avoided that completely? It moved from my daddy to my husband and then went right back to my daddy. Okay, transferred all them things right back to him with the quickness. All right. Um, I want y'all to know that I will never be able to put it into words 
what it is like to be a widow, but this guest gets it all the way. Now, um, being a widow brings a lot of judgment. Are you living too much? You must not have loved him. Or you don't post him, you didn't care about him. My answer to all of that is, bitch, mind your business, okay? For me, like, I loved my dude more than you will ever know, all right? I fought to be with this nigga. Stories upon stories, okay? I truly do have to get into all that shit, but, you know, that's for story times as a, um, on a later date. But, yeah, we've been through a lot, and I was definitely devastated and losing my mind at some point. But it's one thing about shiny, hun. You gonna get these jokes. My feelings will never be on my page unless I want it to. Okay? You will always get the lipstick on version of me. Now, if you fuck with me hard enough or you're nosy and you listen to my podcast, then, you know, you'll get a little bit of an understanding. But just a bitch checking for a breakdown will never get that satisfaction on the internet. I'm always gonna be good. The end. Now, as always... Every time I talk to somebody in the situation like me, I tend to ask them about therapy because I always want to know and I want y'all to know that when you meet a widow living completely different from how she was before, these aren't just phases of a widow. She isn't struggling. She isn't grasping at bullshit. She settled, all right? We deserve happiness too. Goddamn, like... You know, we're forming into our own person, accepting things for what they are, coming into our new self, okay? We are people who understand the meaning of life through loss. We understand the meaning of enjoying your life and getting everything out of it. You know what I'm saying? My podcast is me, all of me. It's not a phase. It's not to cover my hurt. It's my therapy. It's always been this way for a whole year and some now. All right? Now, if you ask any of my friends, I took my wife's beauty seriously. Kept my nasty ass jokes in his ear. But, hey, life moves on. I share them with y'all. Because guess what? We out here fucking a second too. Why the hell not? Why am I not sharing with y'all? Okay? Now, um, I want to thank Tanya once again for sharing her story. You know, our lives are amazing no matter what we make of it. And um, that's that on that. Now, as always, the reminders, I need y'all to drop your drawers at the Lipstick Laundry Podcast at gmail.com. I need y'all to give me good episode ideas. Tell me how you like this one. You know, tell me your problems, your fantasies. Y'all can ask me questions there, all of that. Now, um, I also need you to go to my website, which is lipsticklaundry.com. That's where you'll get all your merch, all right? Winter is coming, and Florida feeling a little folly right now, okay? So get your hoodie, rep your goods, set, all right? I also have pills on there for that disrespectful, disrespectful, all right? And I got the lingerie from Saith Lingerie for your finance body. All right, I also need you to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Lipstick Laundry Podcast. On Twitter, we are Lip Laundry, okay? Now, I ain't even got to tell y'all. If you are my friend and you have an iPhone, what are you doing if you have not left me a review? Yeah, I'm just going to leave that space for y'all to think about it. Okay, enjoy this episode. Bye.
All right. So for today's wash, dry, no fold, I have someone with me that unfortunately shares that widow bond. But, you know, this is no ordinary widow, hun. Okay. Just like <laughs> myself, I've been living a completely different life since my husband passed away. And this vixen has too. So welcome to the Lipstick Laundry, Tanya. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm good. I am very happy that we are finally talking. And, um, you know, before we discuss the present, I just want to say, you know, I hate the fact that we do share this bond, of course. Yes, of course. It's not a place that, you know, you want to share with anybody, but here we are. So right. making the best of things. Now, before we talk about your present life, I just want to go a little bit, if we can, um, into the past. Can you tell us about your previous relationship and um, how he passed? Yep. So I was with uh, my late husband for 23 years. I met him right after I graduated high school and we were together for six years before we got married. And then we had two boys together. And um, actually the youngest was uh, three months old when my husband was diagnosed with cancer. I had just gotten off maternity leave when wow. he was diagnosed. So it was, yeah, it was rough. I had a newborn and a husband with cancer for, um, for this journey. And, um, and he was sick for four long years when he got, when he got, after he got sick. And so the baby was four years old when my husband passed away. So he only knew his dad as being sick. He never, ever knew him as a healthy grown man, like the older, my older son did Right. So with my two boys. It was like two different, it was, they, they are like two different experiences completely, you know, that yeah. they went through with him. So they, um, yeah, so they, um, are very strong because of it though. Unfortunately it has had, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's, there's good and bad in it, I guess, you know, but, um, they are very strong and, uh, very well-respected boys now, um, because, and I truly believe it's because of what they went through. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, your four-year-old, of course, I connect with that one the most because my son is now five. Um, you said that he didn't know him sick. He still knew him though. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. Um, on some know. level. So how was his interactions like before and after? Did you see any type of an effect? Um, did you have to explain anything? Yeah. So he, um, he compared, I think he compared a lot of his unhealthy dad with other dads that were healthy. So he is very smart, very, un he knew the difference between what his dad looked like versus what other dads looked like and caught on to that. And he was able to comprehend that at a very young age. So, um, he knew there was a difference for sure and was asking a lot of questions. Um, but uh, he still was very confused because the whole grieving um, part of your brain doesn't develop until you're like six or seven is what yeah. the therapist said. So he didn't really start going through the grieving process until he was probably um, six years old. And his grieving process, I could tell was completely different than the older one. Um, 
Was it because faster? It was, um, it was different. It wasn't as strong. It wasn't as like, um, heart wrenching, um, where he felt he didn't go into a deep depression. He didn't right. go into this really deep depression like the older one did. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was very angry. He would show anger, like his, um, reactions were more of anger than they were sadness. And I would say that's the big difference between the two because they're eight years apart. So, um, that's also a big factor in it as well, but yeah, he got really mad. He got really ticked. I, <laughs> I, I, I definitely, um, feel you on that because I think, I think that's where Tyler is, um, yeah. He, he's mad he he doesn't really know how to behave I feel I think he has yeah. a lot of things bottled up and you know like you said he won't go through it until he's a little bit older where he could really understand you know everything now um you mentioned therapy so you guys were in therapy or are yeah. still in therapy they were um it's been seven years since mm -hmm. he passed so it's been a while we haven't done therapy in a long time um but they did do therapy they found a very good therapist that was and it's hard because we we went through lots of therapists we don't just yeah. find them on the first try so mm. um, my oldest one went through um probably six or seven therapists before he wow. found a good one and then the therapist we did find was so good that the younger one went to see him as well right right and he was a game changer i'm telling you it really makes a difference when you find a really good therapist to mm. truly truly help them now um, what were the different things that you were looking for in a therapist what what made some of these therapists not right for your for your son i was looking for someone younger a lot of them a lot of the older therapists are too old school and really mm. with the way that the kids are raised in these in this new world of technology and the way that things are different now yeah. i wanted someone younger and hipper and he spoke their lingo he spoke the you know <laughs> whatever young, <laughs> young teenagers talk that's how yeah. he it was great so he could like fist bump them and everything was cool you know with them that's cool he could talk to him and he would understand it so that's what i was looking for Okay. So what about yourself? How do you feel like your healing happened? <laughs> Mine was different. <laughs> I'm <lot>. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did see some therapists, but, um, and I mean, I did find a good one, but it just, I don't know mine. I was, I kind of went through my therapy in a sexual way. Mm. Um, yeah. And I found that that worked way better than, um, I mean, I did see a therapist, which is good. I think it was more or less the combination. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say one or the other worked, but I think the combination of both really helped. And um, so I think, <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but it- No, it, that it, sounds really, interesting, which is why we are here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> when I, I tell everybody that the most interesting people, you know, either I pull up on them or they pull up on me on Instagram and it is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true, though. I mean, I couldn't do it any other way. And, and I, you know, it's funny, because I always say, you know, um, I have my appointment, but people didn't realize it was a dick appointment, you know, it was one of those kind of appointments, you know, because that's what I needed at the time, you know, and I'm still, Amen. I'm still there. <laughs> I'm seven <laughs> years still there, but that's okay. 
Um. <laughs> that is okay. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So tell me about your, um, okay, so we went to therapy, but tell me about the sexual journey. Tell me about the first, second, third experiences after your husband passed. I would say it was probably four years after he passed. Four years, Maybe. okay. Yeah, because the first four years, um, it was like, I was playing around with the idea and, um, I had this one guy that was really, you know, helping me with that, but I didn't really truly get into the hardcore stuff until probably four years after. And that was mainly because of the influence, um, of, of somebody I was dating and he introduced me to the BDSM world. Okay. Hold on. Before we get a lot to that of people world. understand what that before is. We get, before we get to that world, I want to know about the first, because you said your boyfriend four years after may have influenced you a bit, but I want to know about the first, not your boyfriend, the first, the first fuck, like the first fuck after, was it four years later or you did some things, but you were really thinking of the journey, journey four years later? Um, I guess it was, um, it, it was the whole, I mean, it, what, right after my husband died, it was called, I think everybody knows it as widow fire. Widow I mean, fire. I don't know if, tell me about it. Have you heard about widow fire? Okay. So widow fire is something that happens and it's in the urban dictionary. You can look it up. Uh -huh. But um, it happens to not all widows, I wouldn't say, but mostly the younger ones, um, I would say probably. Um, and what that is, is where you feel the urge to have human touch and connection and like skin on skin kind of feeling. It's almost right. like you go back to um, this feeling of need to have someone hold you and touch you and care for you and make you feel alive again because right. really right. when someone dies especially your spouse dies um you feel like you died too you know so uh, you know it's 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 kind of um a way for you to feel alive and it gives you that sexual it gives you that sexual drive that you really didn't i guess expect um, that to happen. A lot of widows are surprised by that, but, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's not something to be ashamed of. You have to listen to your body. Um, and that's what I did. I listened to my body and I said, you know, there's something more to this. And I feel like I need to have that release for me to be able to focus, to get rid of the widow fog and all those other symptoms that you have. And so, um, I was experimenting with it a little bit, but, um, I mean, I guess the true awakening for me was the, was the relationship that I had with this guy that I mm -hmm. met, um, four years after when I realized that, um, just, you know, casual sex and sexual encounters, um, at random, you know, not a very consistent schedule at all wasn't enough for me, right. you know? Right, so, right. yeah, so right. that it really did help to get that connection, I think, to really yeah. truly understand what I needed. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember not having any thoughts about anything 
And then I remember a lot of thoughts <laughs> about a lot of things. And it was okay. like, oh, wait a minute. Something's happening in my underwear. Um, <laughs> I need to be touched. I need something. Something has to happen. You know what I mean? And of course, I just, I dip over in the, the you know, previous pool, like the way, way, way previous pool, because to me, it's not a stranger and it will just, you know, go better in my head right yeah that's what I did so I totally understand that yeah like I felt like I had to have a relationship with somebody for it to satisfy me you know and that was what the first four years was like it was like I even actually got remarried to the wrong guy yeah it was only a year marriage but it was not the right person for me I thought that that's, that's what my body was trying to say that I needed another man right now. I need another man in my life. Then I can yeah, have like, see for me, it, it was never because once I was out of it, for me, it was like, I acknowledged the stress that I see everyone else going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was like, sure. Oh yeah, this is relationship problems. Oh, I don't want that. Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't like, I was happy. I was like, Oh, I don't mm-hmm. have to deal with that anymore. I'm so sorry. I just wanted the D like miss me yeah. with the rest. Just provide the D. <laughs> yeah. I realized that after this, the second marriage went yeah. and failed, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, that's really not what I thought I needed. <laughs> it was the wrong way to go. We don't, yeah. I, I did it for the wrong reasons for sure. Right. Right. <laughs> so. So let's get back to this relationship, you know, that brings you to this point of um, realizing what you wanted to get into. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what it was is, um, you know, um, I think he saw something in me before I even realized it was in me. You know, he, he could see during our encounters that I was uh, a very responsive to certain things that he was doing. And so I think that's why uh, he introduced it to me. He was kind of scared at first because he knew that I, that wasn't anything I had done before. Nothing Um, you've been, nothing you've been involved with before. No, because what it was is it's more of the bondage type thing. And it's not like the hardcore. Of course, when you start out in this world, you don't do the hardcore stuff. You start out with the communication and explaining mm-hmm. to each other and talking through things and and, and in um, your previous relationship never, none of no. this was ever brought up it was never. mild vanilla type vanilla type exactly okay yeah yep. and once he started asking the questions and I started to answer him he's like no you got to answer these honestly like like 50 shades of gray honestly not yeah. like yeah you know, <laughs> like you're dating some, some, you know, Joe Schmo off the street. You're, right. You're There's no transcript. This. Tell me what yeah. you want. Yes. Just be real and don't hold back. Like mm-hmm. t- tell me what you're truly, truly desire. And you've always dreamed of doing. And so I was like, wow, like, do I have to answer right now? Can I like think about this? Because <laughs> I've never actually said it out loud before. Like it's right. never come out of my lips. You know, it's always been something that's I pushed back in my head and didn't want to admit was something that uh, I should be thinking. Like you almost think that it's taboo or you're not supposed right. to speak it, you know, right. it's supposed to be a secret that you keep for life until you die, you know? So right. he got it out of me though. Um, and it took a couple, it probably took a couple months, I would say, 
yeah. um, for him to truly get it out of me. And, and he, in the meantime, we would explore and try and different things. And he would, we would watch videos together. And I mean, I know porn is supposed to be taboo too, but I'm telling you, that helped a lot. Girl, I mean, yes. That's where, the <laughs> That's where it gets the, the juices flowing. It does. Like, it shows you like, wow, this is a real thing. Like, people are doing this, you know? So yes, ma'am. That was hot. And, and seeing somebody actually enjoy it, you know, that's mm-hmm. totally a whole different world that really opened my eyes. And it was very shocking. So anyway, so then... Um, So as we were starting to get into more of the so-called taboo, which is now more of the um, bondage type thing um, and the submissive stuff and the, you know, the dominant stuff and all these words he was teaching me that I didn't, I mean, I knew the words, but in that world, they have different meaning. So (laughs) stronger meanings, stronger meanings, definitely. I mean, it was. Yeah. So, um, it just got more exciting. And I think every single time I would learn something new, um, I would try something new or, you know, experiment a little. And he never, ever questioned me. He never judged me. I just felt completely open and raw and honest with him, you know? So, Um, and he encouraged me, you know, he would like, tell me, yeah, this is great. You're doing awesome. And, and then, um, I started to kind of give him ideas and he was like, really? He was like, oh, wow. You know? So then the roles started to reverse a little bit. And I'm like, you know, I really want to take a dominatrix class. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yes, I think Uh I can do that. So (laughs) he's like, okay, well, I'll sign you up for it. And so he signed me up for it. And, I took the class and oh my gosh, the girl who did the class was a dominatrix herself Mm -hmm. and she was telling you the do's and don'ts. It was like the, I guess it was like the, um, dominatrix 101. It was like the very first level, Yeah, you know? So, and she was dressed to the nine on, you know, the six or eight inch heels that she had that on and alone is so sexy. Oh, that shit so alone, just dressing up I know it's so sexy like I listen in my regular <laughs> schmegular life like I wear fishnets to work like two or three <laughs> times a week and no one has my thoughts but me but let me tell you something like I am all here for the dressing up that alone no. is everything Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it escalated to the point where I had so many toys and so many clothes and so many different outfits. I was like, I need to get something to put this in. Like it can't go in my dresser (laughs) and so much stuff, but no, that's what makes it fun. Like when you're getting dressed up, you're envisioning what's about to come happen within the next, you know, couple hours. And that alone, just dressing up is what gets everything started. You know, it's like the foreplay for yourself that you create for yourself and you put your mind into before you even get there, you know? So it's very exciting. I agree. Yeah. So you're in this class, you're enjoying it. You're learning a lot. I'm pretty sure you're taking all these things home and trying with this guy. Yes. So he and I had set up a date for me to 
meet him um, after the class was over so that we, I could dump on him everything I learned and he would like, you know, remember it and we could talk about it. And then the mm -hmm. next night we met again and I kind of um, uh, played out the scenario and the scenes that I had learned. And it was awesome. Like he was like, okay, what do you want me to do? He's like, this is, if you're going to be the dominatrix, this is what you got to do. And I'm like, oh no, I don't know. Like, and so then I started laughing and I'm like, I put, I had him on his knees with his hands tied behind his back. And he was like, you know, looking at me like, you know, and I had a ball gag in his mouth and everything. Yes. Like it was crazy. And then I'm like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I felt like such an idiot. Like I, I took this class. I knew what I was supposed to do, but then I just couldn't do it. Like I felt like such a dork and I started laughing and he's like, it's okay. He's like, it's your first time. And so then I just so like, he enjoys being a submissive. Like he's not he just your did. bestie, just like, Oh, try things out on me. Like he, <laughs> no, he wanted to see me take control that night. Yes. And I failed the first time I have to say, okay. but you know, the second time I was on it. I'm like, I'm not letting this get to me because I was so determined to make it work. I was like, this is not going to take me down. No way. Yes. I want to do this so bad. Yeah, so. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love the motivation in all aspects of life, okay? It was so exciting and yet it was scary at the same time. So, but I wanted it. I didn't let it, I didn't let fear like take it, take over me. I, I was so determined for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, um, are you still, is this guy still around? We're he's so he became my friends with benefit. Our relationship didn't work out because I was moving away Okay. and I moved away to a thousand miles away. And it was mainly because I had planned this move and I put it off and then I, then I rescheduled it. And then I, I just decided I need to make this move for my family. And, um, he's actually coming next weekend to spend three, four days with me. Okay. Yeah. That's more than appointments. That's a so whole it's weekend. like That's four days of, yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's so. Now, are you, do you ever play a um, submissive role? I do. Yeah, I do. And, and I learned that there's a word for that. Okay. Somebody who does both the dominate dominating role and the submissive role is called a switch, right? Which right. means you can switch between both roles. Mm -hmm. And there's even a time it, in the night where I'll start out as the dominant dominatrix and, and then turn into the switch and be submissive all in the same evening. Okay. So yeah. Now, do you do this, um, as a business or this is just for well, your... you? Know, it's so ironic. You asked that because I, I met a, a fellow uh, widow on um, one of the Facebook group support groups that I'm on that was just a recent widow. She's just recently widowed probably three months ago. And she introduced herself on the page as a dominatrix. Oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I sent her a DM and she's like, what do you want to know? I'll tell you whatever you need to know to be, to do this. And she's like, you know, to be a professional one, it's a whole different world than being just a play partner and oh, just so. doing it with a partner. So I said, and she told me what's all involved in that. And I'm like, no, I can't do it professionally because <laughs> I don't know why. 
I just, I don't, because I, I see it as something that's an enjoyment for me. And I, um, I guess I don't think I could, I did look into it though. Okay. And I did ask a professional dominatrix and she's a dominatrix widow, which is very cool, which yes, I thought was very, very cool to see. I mean, not in a good way, obviously, but yeah. So it's kind of yeah, ironic. like I never meeting, I, I never like meeting you guys, but yes. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Now, um, have you heard the term widho? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I have. That's in the urban dictionary too. Yes. It's in okay. there. It's so you would rather widhoing than professional dominatrixing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I still no. dress up like like I'm a dominatrix sometimes. So I still wear the outfits and still do that. Yeah. As you should. I saw that little red number. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Yep, that's me. That was back oh, in August. So yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. you were serving. <laughs> I was. My question was just how you you know, observation. Of course, your life is just so different from what you were before. You described, you know, it being very vanilla and yeah. all of that, but something in you wanted something else. Right. And I guess it's because I've always live that vanilla life for so long and also i'm going to be 50 in february and i can see you know the midlife crisis thing kind of going happening and i'm i you know i got a tattoo and i'm piercing my ears and i'm cutting my hair off and i'm doing all these crazy things but i'm so different now like i can't even remember what i was like before and i think it's because i am enjoying my life so much right now yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. It's still bad days. Like, I mean, even just last week, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's been over seven years. He's been gone for seven years. I can't even wrap my head around that. Like, it yeah, feels yeah. like I just saw him yesterday yeah. and I still feel his presence. You know, I still love him. I, I will never stop loving him no matter what I go through in this lifetime right now. It, that is something that is forever with me, but I'm also not letting it hold me back and stop me from doing the things that make me happy, you know, because he would I not want that for me either, you know, yeah. I bet he's up there rooting for me and cheering me on, you know, so. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's cheering you on, on this part, <laughs> but hey, you know. He might be shaking his like, head. Okay, but you know, he likes yeah. the fact that you are happy. You are living your life yeah and I love so it true yes I am and I am very happy I'm I'm not with anybody right now you know full-time which is okay I'm I love being single I am not ready to settle down yet and even though I'm turning 50 I don't care I'm gonna be single <laughs> Listen, we already had our kids okay we had right. a marriage we know what it's like we're good like yeah, all the other, everyone could go searching for that, but we're good. We're good. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm happy right here where I'm at right now. <laughs> same, same. Now, do you still believe in love is the question. We know you don't have yes. it. And it's like, you know, but do you believe in it? I do, but I think of it differently now. You know, I, um, I, I know that there's more than one true love in life. I don't mm -hmm. think there's just one soulmate. I think that we can have more than one. 
Um, so for me, I truly do believe in love um, and I'll be there again someday, but you can still love a person. It's just different. I think it's just different now. Do you think that you love your friend that turned you out basically? to Yeah, this? I do. And I tell him that every day. I'm like, I love you so much. I'm never going to stop. And, and he, at first, when I first told him that, even though we were just friends with benefits, he didn't understand what I was trying to say, but I told him, I'm like, as a widow, you just love things more. You have love for so much more things because you appreciate everything. And some people express it differently, but for me, I just, I just love meeting new people and experiencing new personalities and hearing their stories and absorbing that information so for me it's just the way I think now and that's just yeah. who I am you know I'm, yeah. I'm a more loving and accepting person of people because of what I went through so yeah wow. and he's wow. a, he understands that now yeah. at first he was kind of like what uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? I agree because I feel like I have someone who is my person in my life yeah. like someone who I can talk to and you know they understand where I'm coming from and it would have been weird. Like if I spoke to anyone else about, you know, everything that's happening, For but sure. at the same time, I don't necessarily want to be with them or, <laughs> yeah. you know, anything on that level, but they're my person <laughs> yeah. for talking to, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. There's a place yeah. for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're still lear learning the boundaries on this here person <laughs> relationship. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that. I, I agree with you completely. Now, um, what did his family or what does his family, if you're still in touch with them, think of your new lifestyle if they know about it? Uh, my late husband? Yeah. They don't know about it. Um, I keep that secret a secret because when I first started dating after loss and they were shocked. And I think it was because it was only like, six months or seven months after he passed away. I didn't wait very long. Um, and my therapist kind of walked me through that as to why I was so eager to find um, a partner so soon after loss. And it was because he was sick for four years. And the, right. during those four years, I was his caretaker, not his wife. I mean, right. I was his wife, but I was more of a caretaker to him then. So really, I think that the cancer kind of sucked the life out of our marriage. Yes. And so being so stressed and focused and trying to be a mom and a caretaker and the breadwinner of the family and a homeowner and all of these things I was doing for four years wore me out. And so yeah. I felt like I needed that release as soon as I could get to it. <laughs> okay. But I did give myself time. I did give myself six months or eight months. I can't remember how long it was. It's been so long, but I think, um, they were listen, I think that's good <laughs> timing. I think that's good timing because your situation was long and hard. I'm surprised you, yeah. you guys never discussed it. Like, you know, my late husband was um, very open to me dating again after he left, after he died. He, we had lots of time to talk. So lots that's why of, his yeah. family shouldn't feel shocked about anything. They need to mind their business. This is your. Yeah. They, they're so traditional old school, um, you know, that they, 
that's just how they think. But the good thing is, is my dad was there when they saw me give a kiss to this guy I was seeing. And my dad took him aside and he's like, hold up, hold up now. Don't be assuming or, you know, you know, so he stood up for me That's because nice. my dad is very open-minded. He and I are a lot like, and he kind of mm -hmm. set him straight right on the go, right, right at the beginning. He yeah. was like, don't even judge her. You know, yeah. I didn't even have to say it. I'm like, oh, dad, all right. You know, <laughs> I have somebody in my corner. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah but they were not supportive at first, but now they, um, they are, I mean, they don't ask me if I'm dating or anything like that. Cause they're still right. that old school traditional, but they just know that I'm happy and they can hear it in my voice. I think, you know, too. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I also shy away from the judgment. I know that there might be judgment. So, yeah. um, I don't talk about it much whether I'm dating or not, you know, yeah, it's, I, I, I'm kind of sensitive to their feelings too. Yeah. You know, you know? so yeah. I kind of feel like I have to be respectful, whatever I'm doing, yeah. you know, it's, it's respectful. Like I talk my shit, you know, on my podcast <laughs> and all that. Yeah. I talk the most shit on my podcast, <laughs> um, IG, you know, but my personal yeah. one, I try to keep the dating stuff a little, a little shallow because you know yeah. I get it and I feel the same way because I feel like I don't want I don't want anyone to think I have anyone because right. no yeah. one could be more than you know my husband was right now like I'm just like mm -mm, everyone is, you're a sneaky link and that's it <laughs> that is it that's okay. right that is yep. it yep that's right now, um, okay, so I know you said your 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 dominatrix style is for you know your your actual relationships is not professional. Do you have any limitations that let me know what your setup is when you're you know engaging with someone either for the first time or just what you tell mm -hmm. them on a regular? What are your limitations? What can't yeah. happen and what is supposed to go down? That's a good question because that's a very um important question when you meet somebody yeah. um my rules are no blood no bruises no marks um <clears throat> i don't allow any of that because i don't think it's necessary i think that what you can get out of it you don't need that you know i okay. i that's just my rule and so um and i don't really feel the desire to do that to anyone either Really, I mean, for me to do that, to, and that's probably why I could never be a professional dominatrix because right. I could never just do whatever they wanted me to do to them. You know, <laughs> I just, I couldn't do it. It's just not right. in me, you know? So that's my limitations, I would say. Um, but, you know, I took classes, other classes besides the dominatrix class, I took a class on flogging and the proper way of doing it without hurting someone. Cause you can really injure somebody if you do it wrong. Yeah. And you know, the rope tying class I took that too, and you could cut off circulation of somebody's hands if you did it wrong. So I'm what the things I did learn, um, I learned how to do them correctly. Mm -hmm. And none of those involve bleeding or marks or puncture wounds or anything like that. You can all do them and it feels good and it feels good. Like it doesn't hurt you, yeah. you know? So it's not like you want to go in and just tear someone apart, right. you know, you right. just want it to feel good and sensual and wake up their senses, you know? So 
that's kind of my rule very sexual and sexy (laughs) yeah yes where do you find your conquest like where are these people How, how do you find someone is it a facebook group yes there's a facebook group called fet life Okay. And some people know about that. It's a, it's an actual, it is an actual Facebook group. It's not Facebook. It's called FetLife, but it's got the same kind of buildup. There's a lot of naughty pictures on there. Um, (laughs) Yes. Um, But um, you set up your profile in a way that you say what you like and you don't like. And it's a Mm -hmm. lot of that. What I told you, like the things that I, um, I'm into like I like to go and sneak off into dressing rooms in public places and I love that I love the fear of being caught like that is yeah. so cool that yeah. would be so cool but you know you just put all those on there and people can contact you if in really there's an inbox they can send you and you can talk about it so it's kind of nice and it's by your location you can put your location on there and there's a lot of people from Antarctica on there, which is hilarious because they don't want to be known as to where they're from. <laughs> and they just <laughs> like the page to post pictures on and be commented on and be, you know, talked to, but they never would meet with anybody. So um, you can set your own boundaries on there, which is nice. I like that. Good, good. Now, yeah. is it like Tinder? Is it like a short conversation? And then, you know, we're meeting up for the good stuff or... No, they're trying to get relationships on that website well there it's not about really it's not about hooking up it's not about a hookup it's not a tinder site it's more of a community it's like a community i would say people who respect boundaries who know the rules and we i mean we all understand that it's it's a fetish lifestyle it's it's kind of like your fetishes and things that you don't tell your mom you know (laughs) Okay, so there are different types of people in there. Some with fetishes, doms, subs, they're all in there. Oh, the list is endless. If you were to see the different types of people that are out there and the different things they're into, it's the list is hundreds and hundreds of different types of things like the switch or the dom or the sub or, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's all kinds of people on there. And that's, what's so cool is because everyone's accepting of everybody. Nobody judges another person for being into a fetish that they're into. You don't do that. You just accept them and say, okay, that's cool. You know, Mm -hmm. if you want to learn more about it, that is where you learn it. You know, you go on there and you ask them and you say, what you, you know, ask the questions and you find out if you're into it or not. And then if not, you move on. If you do, then you just keep building from there. So basically, basically, yeah. Now, following cool. up on something you said before, what is the weirdest place publicly that you've ever done it? <laughs> so this was with, actually, you know, that is a good question because the guy started dating right after loss. <clears throat> we snuck off into a public park. Mm. I know. And that was before I was into this whole, like, you know, exotic Dang. life. This Tanya has <laughs> always been there. This Tanya has always been in there. Like we just totally needed a special that. person to bring <laughs> that person out. That's all it was. And cars were driving by. It was really, um, it was naughty. It was Ooh. just very, very naughty. 
Ooh. So yeah, that was the craziest place. Um, but I have had a threesome and a foursome, so that was fun. Mm. That, okay, that was okay. one of my yeah. Was it, it was, planned or how does yes. it, how does yeah? It is because you have to have the conversation. You have to have that you know conversation to say, hey, what is it that you like? What do you what don't you like? You know, you you want to meet the person you what you got to have some connection it's yeah, not yeah. like a love connection but it's some connection that you feel like you can trust them because right. it's all about trusting them and getting to know them and making sure that they're a fit for you uh so that's what you do first usually that's the first step once or not the first step the first step after you have the conversation on like the fet life you say well let's meet and have coffee or a drink and talk and and then you schedule a time and say, Hey, let's just try it out and see how it goes. And if it, you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but, um, yeah, so that's usually this, the process. Um, but it's usually pretty cool. Like, uh, when they get, when you agree to a location, um, you have drinks, of course, alcohol's involved that for me yeah, it is yeah. because it loosens you up and right. makes you relaxed. And I get my gummies out a little okay. bit of gummies, you know, and that makes me feel super relaxed. I just love the way I feel. I'm mm -hmm. so like ready at that point. And yeah, it's just how my process works. Everybody probably has a different process, but yeah, I like that's that. mine. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely like that. Um, <laughs> now, as far as sexually, we know we're doing the vanilla stuff. We did that with, with the husband and, you know, we're getting mm -hmm. into the BDM stuff. Are we doing anal? That was something that was introduced this year. And it was something I trained for actually. Um, my friends with benefits. Yeah. Well, so this is the thing that's where um, the FetLife industry comes into play where I would ask questions, other women on there. I'm like, how did you start out with this whole, like doing anal? And they would tell you, they would be like, well, you just, you get the plug, you know, and you yeah, start yeah. small and you work your way up and, um, you have to do the prep and there's videos on how to do the prep. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just do it. And so when I first had my, um, I had the threesome with two guys that are really close friends of mine. I really, I mean, I can go up to see them anytime I want and we could have fun, you know, and I trust them. And they were the ones I started doing anal with and they are very calm and very, um, you know, um, caring and they, they never pushed it. They didn't like make it a top subject, you know, and yeah. when they knew I was ready, um, it was because they helped me be, get there. You know, yeah. I mean, it really is a two person process. It's not just me being ready, but them understanding that I'm ready, you know? Right. So right. I did start that this year and now I'll never go back to just one way. <laughs> it is the best thing. You know, it's it. so weird. Cause the first time you're just like, wow, wait a minute. I didn't yeah. expect that the front was going to react to the back like that. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's I was a like, whole different world. It's oh, a whole different world. <laughs> okay. Everything is really connected. Like It is connected. Yes, listen. it is. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> so. Listen. Yes, 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 yes. 
yes, that's a whole different world. And relaxation is like very important. It is definitely yeah. was wasted, wasted, wasted to get a, to get as relaxed as you needed to be. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And I mean, and and to me, I think the best way to do anal is to have an orgasm first and then do anal after, because you release all that tension. I agree. And you just like, then you can really go to town on that, that whole, yeah, makes mm-hmm. a difference. But that's my advice for anybody who wants to start, start with that or ever one is um, curious about it. Just start slow and Real make slow. sure you orgasm first before you do the anal because it makes a big difference. Facts, facts. Like that feeling of just like, Oh my oh. God, I'm so calm. That's when you try it right there. And there. <laughs> That's when you hit them up right there. <laughs> and so if you can do bad. double penetration, then you're on a whole different planet. That's a whole you nother know? world. <laughs> yeah, you start, I feel like That's you a whole start level. That with like the butt plugs, the butt plugs yeah. where you, you realize like, oh, there's, there's something to that as well. That double penetration. Right. And when I first, I, I actually was having sex with the butt plug in mm-hmm. and it's like, that is, I guess that's the very, 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 very first step is just yeah. keep the butt plug in. Don't take it out, have sex with it in there. Then yeah. you can see what it's like and how it really does truly feel. I was nervous as hell though. I'm not even <laughs> lying. Like that first time yeah, I was just kind of like, okay, is it going to come out? Is it? what's happening and then I bought one that's like really cute and like yeah. right stony because I was <laughs> trying to do too much okay I was doing the most okay and I buy this goddamn rhinestone thing mind you the whole time I am just paranoid like oh my god is it gonna stay there is it gonna go too far like what is happening <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot yeah 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 so there's there's live and learn errors you make and you learn from them but you cannot give up if you do, then you're not going to get there. And you just need to know that it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. That's just with anything new that you're learning in life, it's going to happen, get over it and just try again. Cause really it's worth it. I'm telling you. Yeah. One thing I have learned through the entire conversation is that um what's almost as important as you doing it for yourself is you doing it with the right person because that the right is person so yes you know the mm-hmm. communication that you have with that person the trust that you have with that person it's everything this is these are not activities for you know the random person that you meet in the bar the night before like no 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 yeah everything needs to be discussed everything you know, needs to be free and relaxed. And yeah, you just have to be open and honest. Yes, exactly. And communicate, communicate, communicate. There's no such thing as over communicating. Definitely. I would say just keep talking about it. If something's bothering you, tell them, don't keep it to yourself because mm-hmm. they, they don't know if they don't, if they don't hear it from you. So yeah. yeah. And that creates even more tension while you're doing the act because you're now thinking about this one thing you haven't said that's bothering you while you're trying to catch a nut. It's hard. That's too much to do. Yeah. Just be honest, guys. Just be honest. Okay. That's right. 
I want to thank you so much for having this conversation with me tonight. You know, you follow a crazy person and I (laughs) love you and your craziness on your page. Okay. So tell people where they could follow you. So I have an Instagram page called widow underscore ER humor. So it's both for the widows and widowers. And so it's widow, widow underscore ER space humor, H-U-M-O-R. And that's where I'm at on uh, Instagram. And it's mostly a bunch of memes, but I do post my picture. I'm not scared of posting my picture out there because I'm a widow and I'm crazy. I don't care. I love everybody and it's fun. I, I have gotten through my grief through laughter because I feel like if you want to cry your life away, that's up to you, but I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to be laughing my way all the way to my last breath. I'm going to be like, ha basically all the way to the end. If I can, if basically. I can help it. Same <laughs> so. here. Same yeah. here. Oh my gosh. I am so glad I finally met you. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you too. Have a good night. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye.